Welcome to a special edition of Unlearning, Unlocking, Unleashing. A podcast series that attempts to dive deep into various experiences of unlearning conventions, unlocking potential, and unleashing transformation. This podcast is brought to you by Audacity, an innovator's playground located in Jurong Innovation District, Singapore's upcoming innovation hub. The three U's, unlearning, unlocking, and unleashing, is the philosophical backbone of the Audacity culture. Through this series, we will be speaking to friends and members of the Audacity community. Our conversations hope to uncover what the three U's mean to them, hear about their inspirational examples, and learn from reflections of their personal experiences of what it means to be an innovator. Hi, I'm Jen from Project Flourish. And I'm Colin, your co-host for today. Moonshot Permacolony is a multi-year startup program. The mission to build permacolonies kicked off with a global call for startups in November 2020. The program is for startups that recognize the importance of scalable impact and longevity. This year, we will focus on nurturing Singapore-based startups that are looking to realize their moonshot idea for a more sustainable, livable, and livable society. From October 15 to 30th, founders and teams have access to notable mentors, investors, and seasoned entrepreneurs. This year's hybrid program also includes in-person activities at Audacity's Playground for Innovators in Jurong Innovation District. For more details of the program, check out the link in our caption. So do sign up soon. Hi, Trucian. So how have you been uh, since last year? Super busy, but busy is good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in a, a nutshell, you can explain your technology yeah. to, the, to the viewers. So um, I think uh, to summarize it, what we do is we have this technology which can recycle plastic waste into a new material to build roads such that um, to create a more sustainable construction sector so, because we're using more sustainable material. What drove you to do this and think about this? Um, I think there are actually two main factors. The first one is um, influence from my family because my family is in the road construction business. So I think um, it was always um, there, you know, for me to, to join some part of uh, construction. Uh, but I think I wanted to continue this form of legacy in a more sustainable and more innovative way. So hence, we uh, I decided to do more, join more um, on the research project, and this was one of it, looking for sustainable and alternative materials. Because I think um, construction is one of the most pollutive and most environmentally harmful sectors, and it's not being given enough attention. Yeah, so I think that is uh, something that uh, is worth looking into. So when I was uh, put on this project for alternative material, you know, we, we saw different ones such as um, insulation bottom ash, you know, which is currently being used to lend to semacal, and also plastic waste. So we decided to use plastic waste um, uh, to focus on plastic waste. I think because um, plastic waste itself is creating harm uh, worldwide, like in every single corner of the world. I mean, you can, I think I read reports about you can even find plastic in the deepest trenches of the waters and even in uh, the Antarctic. Mm. So it, it's quite amazing how prevalent it has become this pollution. 
So we decided to focus on that. So it really is uh, two main factors. One was trying to solve this huge problem that has been unsolvable for the longest time. And mm. the second one was um, influence from my family. Right. What was the largest pushback or challenge that you had overcome when you were just starting out? Um, waste management and construction are two very mature, very conservative industries. And so I think that was one of the biggest challenge, getting people to change um, their mindset with regards to the type of materials that can be used or even the, uh, um, change their perspective on uh, and try out new ways of doing things. Yeah, so I think that was one of the biggest and most fundamental problems that we faced, convincing our different partners and even the industry itself um, that there might be a better and more sustainable way to do things. Mm. So basically, uh, we created another prototype generation, like another iteration of um, plastic waste recycling technology. So basically, uh, we had Gen 1 and 2 out um, in 20, by 2020. And uh, so Gen 2, the latest one then, could actually recycle all types of plastic waste, which really is um, a feed on its own. Because right now, you know, all the current recycling technologies cannot recycle one type or uh, two types. Um, so for us, we can actually recycle everything together. But the thing is that they still had to be clean. And I think that was quite a big uh, issue when it comes to commercialization because it means that manpower cost is high, mm-hmm. um, labor is intensive, and also um, the cleaning part as well is also expensive. So I think we continued working on it. Mm-hmm. So after further R&D, a um, couple of months back in 2021, early 2021, we actually created Iteration 3, so right. Gen 3 prototype. And we were able to recycle all types of plastic waste that were wow. contaminated and, and mixed. Yeah. Wow. So I think that was really a breakthrough for us. And we are super happy with where we are. So we are looking to commercialize um, this iteration of it. Cool. That was an intentional attempt to use uh, contaminated plastics? Or did you all stumble upon that? No, it was definitely intentional. But I think if you're talking about stumbling upon, it would be stumbling upon plastic waste as an alternative material. But I think uh, iteration one and two, even though it works, you know, plastic waste, certain kind of plastic waste can be used in the road, it wasn't viable as a commercial technology. It is too expensive. It was fighting with the current demand for clean plastic. So it doesn't make sense because it would just drive prices higher for the, all this clean plastic mm, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so it didn't make sense to us then. Okay. When you joined Permacolony last year, uh, what stage were you at with Magorium? Um, I was at a stage whereby we were at Generation 2. We were happy that we were able oh, right. to recycle all types of plastic. Yeah, mm. So we were very happy we were able to recycle all types of plastic. But I think, um, you know, that was actually the version that I wanted to commercialise. But as we tried, you know, working on commercializing it, we realized the different problems that coming up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, how are we going to clean it um, effectively and efficiently because it still had to be clean anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we decided to do further R&D, even though we had put down two pilot routes right. um, for yeah, Gen 2. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's been a year. If I could ask you it to has. reflect back on Moonshot Perma Colony in 2020, um, could you share with us how your experience was like? Um, I remember it being a very, very intense week. It was a very intense program. <laughs> and uh, there were meetings every morning and evening ensuring that, you know, we set 
goals, even if the goals were crazy and and it sounded like so much to do, um, just and and you know sharing whether we reach our goals the next day or not. But I think that really pushed us, um, way past our limits in thinking. You know, uh, we are only able to sign one MOU, you know, within the week. But uh, we would need to share like how, what have we achieved the next day, and given that few hours, you know, we were um pushed to um to, to set crazy goals like signing five MOUs, you know, how, how are we going to do that? Wow. But I think once you, you have that like um, on paper, um, you really don't think it, it's crazy anymore, but you just start um, not thinking that it's a crazy idea, but you start thinking of how are we going to do it? So I think even though the program was intensive, it really pushed us all way beyond what we actually thought that we were able to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Edric said the same thing. He said intense. Yeah. <laughs> Intense it was. Yeah, you only had hundred hours, right, to kind of set goals and achieve them. So, so. Yes. And I yeah. think um the whole sharing part every morning and every evening really helped because um you, you know that every founder out there you know is doing their best to try to strive uh, to to kind of achieve their goals. So when you share, you you there's a certain accountability as well that you know you do want to kind of try to meet um as much of the goal at, that, that you have set as possible. Mm. So I think it also really helped that you brought together this group of um, super dedicated people. Mm. I think there was um, a group in Kenya in, in, or, or somewhere in, in Europe who actually didn't sleep for those oh, 100 yeah. hours. Yeah. Yeah. Ula, so believe, yeah. 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 So it's just pretty amazing. And yeah, so it's people like that, you know, then uh, when you do um, session, sharing sessions with all these founders, there's a certain kind of accountability there that helps you push yourself beyond mm-hmm. the tiredness, you know, or what you thought um, you were uh, capable of. Right. Yeah. Did you make any friends during the program? Definitely. Uh, I did. I think um, Sean, one of them, uh, from IFC. Mm. So uh, he, he does, you know, interesting kind of insect um, food ways of feeding insects. Um, to try to promote a circular economy. And I think um, other than that, uh, we met people from all over the world, different founders. And, and to I, I think we spoke and we shared. There were quite a few sessions, like one-to-one, sharing what we do, um, the different cultures, and the different startup environment in our own country. So we got to learn a lot about um, what the startup culture is like, not just in Singapore itself. Because I remember... Singaporeans being the minority mm-hmm. within the whole um, cohort as well. So it was really interesting to learn um, how the startup culture environment was for all the different founders out there. Right. Yeah, this year we're actually focusing on Singapore-based startups. So we're really excited okay, okay. Um, Yeah, to see you know, uh, if last year's uh, version, um, based on experiences that you guys are sharing, would be beneficial as well as enriching or interesting for, you know, startup space in Singapore. Um, given being, you know, a Singaporean and you being in the startup space in Singapore, what are the things you think would attract startups in Singapore to join Permacolony? I think definitely um, the support that Permacolony can give because we get to meet all these different mentors who are experts in their own field. And the, the things that they can share and the lessons that uh, we learn from them actually help to kind of, you know, uh, propel a startup faster and higher. So I think this kind of support that, um, and also how tailored and custom the entire program was, 
everything was relevant, you know, even up till um, the strategies and methods for, and even I think one of the most important one was uh, building a resilient team, mm. how to build a resilient and more effective team. Yeah, I think there were quite a few programs on that. And also um, we got a chance to ask any question that we want to all these mentors, which I think is very valuable because their time is super precious. Mm. They are from all over the world. It's always very difficult to mesh timelines and they actually stayed up and worked on Singapore timelines for us. Wow. So I think I was really very, I was very, very grateful for that. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah. You, you, were, you were well on your way to into this startup last year, even last year. You, this, I, if I remember correctly, this is a, sev- this is a seven year journey of sorts, right? For the research, but the startup was actually only, currently it's only um, not even two years old. Maybe ah, almost. Okay. Yeah, you feel that I have been doing this for seven years, but it yeah. was really a lot on, um, it was very technical, mm. trying to get things right, uh, working with external and internal researchers, doing a lot of testing, mm. a lot of, um, yeah, it was very technical, but I think when it comes to startup, like I mentioned before, building teams and things like that, mm. I actually don't have much experience in it. Mm. Yeah, so I think startup-wise, um, I was actually on equal ground with all the other founders. Mm. Yeah, so I definitely, definitely was very excited to join. Yeah, it's like uh, having all that knowledge, but then don't know how to apply it, right? Because it's completely yeah, yeah, different yeah. Uh, process and experience and stuff like that. And honestly, I think um, the crazier the idea, the more difficult it would be to focus on building a, um, a startup you know, like fundamentally, because uh, you know you're so focused on trying to bring your crazy idea to life that um it's yeah so you kind of lose focus and and I think this is how um crazy idea startups kind of tend to have lower success statistics yeah <laughs> yeah so I think perma colony um one of it I think one of the words that was always used was moonshot mm. uh, moonshot so I think uh, yeah it was very very relevant to. Um, my technology and trying to kind of get it off the ground. Mm. Crazy. Roads made out of plastic, right? Plastic that's rejected by recycling companies because they're contaminated. And you have, I think, improved efficiency of uh, plastic recycling in Singapore. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. (laughs) Thank Um, you. You mentioned uh, the community and probably the mentors that uh, supported you during your journey. Um, any notable ones you could talk about and if you're still in contact with any of them? Um, I think uh, one of them, I, I'm not in contact with the mentors anymore, but I think uh, one of them was the mentor who actually um, create, gave the team building workshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I think because on my end, um, everyone else in my team is older than than myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has technical operational experience. You know, they are all um, well in, on their way to 40s, 50s, and even 60s. So it was very difficult to to um, manage uh, a team like that, um, given that I'm the founder. You know, everyone will think that uh, everyone has a different direction, has a different goal. The technical people want to get there faster. The, um, the people who bring on projects, you know, want to do it faster than the technical people, technical people can do. So I mm. think what um, really helped during this workshop is trying to strike a balance and trying to um, manage the different expectations from the different team members. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, team building was one of, uh, I think we also recognize it as a very important uh, component of startup building. So we are looking forward to bring in 
workshops or content on team building this year as well. I think it's really great that you guys are focusing more on Singapore startup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because during COVID, uh, people cannot actually physically be here. But mm-hmm. I think one of the more regretful things was not being able to mingle and interact face to face. So I think that's really really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think having a, a more Singapore-focused um, program for now will actually help when people can interact face to face. I think that the connection will build and the bonds will actually be um, better. Yeah, we were so looking forward to that. Um, one of the feedback from the community was, everyone, most of the people are overseas and we don't get to really yeah. interact them on a personal level because there's only 100 hours yeah. and everyone's just trying to you know, meet their goals and objectives. There was a lack of um, a sense of like community building. Even though it was there, there was like the casual community building where you actually really truly form relationships right, and friendships. So, yes. so it's understandable that there's not enough time for that. Um, we're looking forward to invite some of the same mentors and speakers back this year uh, as well. Okay. And um, I think uh, I think even if, if you're available to share some of your uh, experiences with, you know, uh, startups that are just starting out, sometimes hearing experiences from people who are just starting out, like yourself, is could be more valuable than people who have already, you know, gone through the whole road, right? Because then they might still be dependent on... Uh, old ways of thinking, whereas you have been there just recently and maybe more um, relatable in a sense. I have two more questions. Um, One is related to the audacity philosophy of unlearning, unlocking and unleashing. Which of the three words speak out most to you and could you give an example of um, what it meant to you in your startup journey? that the word that speaks out most to me um, throughout the Perma Colony 100 hours uh, would be unleashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unleashing because um, I think like I mentioned before, we were all pushed past our comfortable zone of, you know, our, our pace of doing things mm-hmm. because we all only had this 100 hours to accomplish um, the crazy. <laughs> so I think... Uh, I think um, once we kind of reframe our mindset to um, not think that how difficult this is, but rather how we're going to get this done, I think it came to unleashing like the full potential and trying to achieve um, whatever that we set out to do. So definitely unleashing during this 100 hours. Cool. Uh, you might be happy to know that this time we have 400 hours. <laughs> 400! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. F- physical. Um, mix of physical and online, yeah. <laughs> mm. Wow. Well, that, that is going to be really, really... I mean, not exactly um, 400 hours. We just calculated 16, 14 days times 24 hours. <laughs> so... It's <laughs> definitely going to be fun. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to be fun and productive. Yeah. I think last year was 100 hours because we also had to meet uh, Slingshot. And also because last year we partnered with Salto. And Salto's um, speciality or USP is that intense 100 hour uh, kind of program and it was more of like a like a challenge but this year we don't want it to make it so challenging in a sense that it's a competition but more of like how a mutual community style um, workshop or environment can help support one another so more audacity style kind of uh, support yeah oh so it will not be partnered with um yeah it will be a it would be an independently run uh, program, but, but then yeah, but we still have our global network uh, of partners whom we're nice. reaching out to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, second question is, what would be a message that you would like to share with other startups who could see a potential and benefit from a moonshot permacolony experience? Yeah, the, the message to um, future mm. or potential startups who might want to join. If you're serious about making the, the world a better place with whatever ideas or crazy innovations that um, you have, even if it's just in your head, you know, joining permacolony will help you or kind of bring all these ideas to life or even um, kind of drive uh, whatever that you already have to higher heights, to greater heights. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think one of the key words that I took away from Edric was validation, mm. right? I think, I think maybe Permacolony would help to boost the confidence and, and validate uh, their ideas, even if they think it's a bit crazy. Mm. Right, and I think a lot of a lot of the reason why people don't join is because maybe they think the ideas are too crazy. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I think that yeah. was a great, okay. great answer. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. No, thank you yeah. for for having me on this. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thanks thank so, you so much. much. Thanks thank for you your so time. Much, Take care. Bye. Bye. You too. Moonshot Permacolony is a multi-year startup program. The mission to build permacolonies kicked off with a global call for startups in November 2020. The program is for startups that recognize the importance of scalable impact and longevity. This year, we will focus on nurturing Singapore-based startups that are looking to realize their moonshot idea for a more sustainable, livable and lovable society. From October 15th to 30th, founders and teams have access to notable mentors, investors and seasoned entrepreneurs. This year's hybrid program also includes in-person activities at Audacity's Playground for Innovators in Jurong Innovation District. For more details of the program, check out the link in our caption, so do sign up soon.